Yeah, you were uh, pretty no. close to uh, yeah. Hannibal Boy, huh? I was just full crotch view. No, he was funny. I liked his set. It was good. It was. I only wish it was longer, but you know. Yeah. Um, procedure. I was actually really thought he was funny. Adult Swim Fest. Yeah. Mhm. How was it overall? It was a uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was, you know, I was expecting a lot more from that, but all right. It was so small. Well, there was only two stages, and uh, it was just like there where was, was it a, at? It was at the where the American Apparel Factory used to be by the oh, Greyhound Station. Okay. And then I mean, it was bad. I mean, it's just because also like we're not drinking too, so we can't like go kill. There time was no alcohol. Drink. No, there is alcohol, but me and Jawal aren't drinking. We're sober October, dude. Excuse yeah. me? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? We're doing a oh. Sober October. Ex- yeah. Uh, why? Because <laughs> I'm trying to chill on drinking a little bit, dude. That's, that's, Do you that's feel like yeah. you've been drinking too much? or A little bit. And I just also want to see like if I'm disciplined enough to do it. And I have you know, that's a good idea, actually. I, I like where you're, where you're going with this. Because uh, I was funny all but now i now that i see your intention and your intestines honestly i feel great i it's feel it felt weird to wake up and not have like a like hangover on a sunday or not a, yeah that and just not have that feeling of like this, this foreign greasy object inside as caesar cracks open a beer <laughs> this like heaviness in your like chest well, I, and, I just got off work that's why that's fine i mean I, i'm not i'll probably i'm gonna drink again but for the time oh, being through october you won't i mean it's always good to take a break though from those things because everything's good in moderation you know yeah 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 but uh Fuck that. yeah um, being at adult swim fest and not being able to drink was uh, a challenge in itself it's, it was hard but i'm I was assuming like, y'all fuck, were this festival is pretty small what? Joel's not blazing either. No. Either I'm blazing, but wow! So you're doing total sober October. Yeah. He's well, I started. I stopped blazing like three weeks ago. Mm. Uh. So. And how's that? I'm been? already going to, to week four. It's good. I mean, the only time I ever really want to blaze is when I'm watching a movie, and that's it. Dude, yeah, you know, I feel you on that because lately I haven't felt the necessity to blaze like right when I. Because there are times when I get up and I'm like getting started with my day and I immediately have to pack a bowl and smoke or something. But um, and that's what I was doing a lot of. And then I realized like, you know what? Starting off my day blazing. Right. It takes your day as... longer to get, to get there, I feel like. Really? It makes my, yeah. commute, it makes my commute to work a lot uh, <laughs> chiller. Sometimes though, if I have shit to worry about work, I get anxiety. I do get anxiety though if I have to do something. I just get weird because I have to talk to so many yeah. random strangers. So Same-sies. being stoned when I go is like not ideal, but right. Um, yeah. That's what happens with me too. Or yeah, at least when I, I was working at Macy's, it just was like, <laughs> this is not a good idea. Like I'm too in my head. To by, be the, doing this. by the time I have to talk to people, cause I smoke a small bowl before I go to work, man. By the time I drink my coffee and get to work, I'm like, okay, now you got to work. Totally. I the like coffee, I think, day. is a really good uh, medium for both of those. I'm trying to cut like, that back a little bit too. It's just been hard. I am try. I know I need to cut down on coffee, but uh, you know what? I'm already giving up two things. Like, fuck that. This is hard enough. Like, <laughs> <you're a maniac. laughs> this is pushing me to a real big extreme. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I'm trying to like, you know what? In a weird way, playing video games has been somewhat therapeutic because it's something that's entertaining mm. to do. And it's a high that on its isn't own. like, yeah. So it's kind of nice. I've been getting into gaming again because obviously, like, working on photos and doing photography and like reading is great. But you know, sometimes you need that like blank entertainment. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean? definitely with a yeah, good yeah. replacement for smoking. I, I I can I can understand that. It's uh, fuck it. I'm gonna make it through a week without drinking. I did it <laughs> last not last week, two weeks ago. I went like nine days without drinking, and I was like, fuck yeah, I could do this. And then yeah. I drank. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't drink at all yesterday. As tempting as I wanted to go drink at Adult Swim Fest, I'd oh, I know. strong. I definitely wanted a blaze. I just kept smelling it. I was like, fuck. Oh, I was blazing. Like, we were is... blazing it for sure, yeah. <laughs> that seems like damn. a place to do it, too. Yeah, dude. It's Tim it, is. Heidecker. it is. That was the toughest one. Tim Heidecker did his um his uh, district attorney. Uh, That's so awesome. How was that? <laughs> it was so funny. It was hilarious. So he's not actually running, right? No, I don't. No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> it would be so funny if he won. What was the guy? Garcetti? Not. It's not Garcetti. Uh, 
something. He's a rat. Ros- Rosetti, yeah. <laughs> Rosetti's a he's rat. He's a fucking rat. <laughs> Rosetti is such a good like Rosetti is a good like mobish name or something or some sort of like WAP name. Yeah. We're sure. gonna exterminate the rats. Exterminate the rats. Yeah, that was his whole slogan. He was great. He that's was hilarious. So funny. God damn. Oh, it was awesome. That was like that was, that was like that, a good highlight for sure. You see, I was gonna ask that. It, that seems like it would be a, a highlight of the whole festival. The sound yeah, system was. was shitty though, and it was all fucked up. Yeah, they were. That was pretty surprising, especially yeah, on the the Calico stage. Calico. Calico. There we go. Yeah. Calico. It was named after kitty kitty species. That's the name of your kitty species, Joel. Calico. Uh, really? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a calico. What? Aww. Yeah. Did you guys... Uh, yeah, yeah! Did you happen to catch yeah. the fight? I know you didn't. Catch what? We caught what? The McGregor fight? Khabib? Uh, I... I only saw the highlights afterwards of Khabib going into the... Was that after the fight was done that he went into the crowd and shit? Yeah, that was after yeah, yeah. the fight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of different out t- or takes on it or whatever. I don't really care, but yeah. the whole thing is like MMA seems to promote that kind of behavior anyway. So I don't yeah. get why people are making a fuss about it. Cause yeah, like, it's like that. There, it is that culture. Exactly. Like you have a bunch of drunk, insecure men in a in a <laughs> fucking ring together. What do you think is going to happen if they start ta- telling each other off? Yeah. Yeah, and then that, and just the fact that like, you let him talk shit. Obviously, yeah. he's like your bad boy of the sport. Yeah, I mean, eventually the guy like got angry and got fed up, and he beat the shit out of him. Exactly. And he's like, what do you ex- What do you expect? Seriously, what like, did you? Ex- he well, trains you guys, the fight, and then heard, he beats uh... the shit out of the guy who's been talking shit, and then exactly. you're talking shit the entire fight too. So it's like he's already heated up. He's not yeah. in that like. Yeah. He's, he's not already in a in the proper mindset. mental state to yeah. like. Oh, okay. I'm chill now. He's like, you just beat the shit out of a person. Exactly. What do and you I'm, expect? Yeah. And not only that, like, um, I've seen this adorable video going around of Khabib wrestling a bear when he was like nine years old, and it's super cute. <laughs> really, I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll at you on it. But it's so adorable. He's just literally wrestling with the bear in Russia. I mean, and he, it's it, it showed, looks awesome. His bear wrestling definitely showed in the fight. He mauled up <laughs> Conor McGregor. So was he? he would you he say he was him. better than McGregor, oh, or yeah. he, he were they up. equal? What kind of a fight was it? Um, it was pretty one-sided. I mean, it wasn't a Khabib's normal like pounding of the other guy. He he definitely was in full control. I will say McGregor had some solid defense against you know Khabib because he's known to be more of a ground wrestler. Mm. Um, so the the fight was mostly on the ground, is which what a lot of people expected. Um, but okay. Connor's defense, he, he did he did a good job. There was a lot of there was definitely points where McGregor was getting uh, pounded out, and obviously the 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 fight ended taking the pound tapping, down him tapping. So it was it was pretty one sided. I'll say that. So okay, as in Khabib was like owning the fight basically. Yeah, it was just Connor on the defense the whole time. Pretty so much. So then at the end, what happened that made him like? Did he like lash out or something? At or? the end, someone from Connor's like camp or one of his like teammates or something like that. I forget who exactly. I think he's another fighter. His coach, his no. uh, Muay Thai coach, was talking shit to okay. him throughout the fight, and then at the end, just yelling at him. And then he was just like, oh, okay, you want some of this too? And just jumped out of the ring. I see. Okay. Pretty and much, this yeah. was when it had already finished. Yeah. It was like, this yeah. is, it ended and he was just yelling at him still. Oh, and he okay, was just okay. like, oh, okay. The, okay. Which I mean, what do you expect? He just, he's a fighter. He's in that like bloodlust mode, mode in a way. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. and I mean, you're talking shit even though he just beat your guy. So, yes. And I mean, then like, everybody's been saying the same thing. Like, just, so. He has been talking shit about you for yeah. the last like three months, insulting your family, your religion, everything you fucking like, your character, every single thing about your character, and it's like, so what? He got fed up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's the, what, that, where's the beef in that? That's what's annoying is seeing all these people. Well, from what I've seen so far, because I was like looking up the fight, and people are like, "I'm so disappointed." I'm so disappointed in the UFC. It's like, dog. Really? Why are you surprised? You're watching half naked men fight each other in a ring, like bloody each other the fuck up. What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, and one of them just got more pissed and then kept fighting. So it's like, do you, his title is this is really that far. shocking? Yeah. yeah, it's not at all. 
it's not, mean, it's but not people like, are taking it to that level. But yeah, it's not that he wasn't justified in climbing out of the octagon and jumping on someone. That's a little too far for sure. But you can't really again blame the guy for doing that because that was a it's it was a long time coming. You know, like mm-hmm. a few tensions were high already, and Khabib's known to be more like of a like real control, like calm dude. You know, like for him to get to that level kind of just shows you like where they're at where they're at really too and dana white like he tried to come in and he's like oh like still stop this we don't condone this but it's like oh you're, my your poster boy is yeah it's it's all bad but props to khabib for whooping mcgregor's ass um that's and cool like no, he can't cool. you can't give him shit for jumping in like he's totally that that's what was like asked of him pretty much they messed with the bull True. dude they got the horns they messed with the bear the Dagestani bear, and they got the claws. <laughs> Dagestani. That's where I going. mean, nobody should be really surprised by this. This is just, well, this is what they do. This is what happens. Why are you upset? Yeah, yeah exactly. Why the fuck you lying? <laughs> should we get this? Uh... Yeah, let's get this episode started. Hello, listeners. Uh, you've been listening to your third world baller boys. Catch up on the weekend and get the weekend. Going. But, uh, to get into the ep- topic of this episode, it's uh, my favorite time of the year, spooky season. This oh, is yeah. Halloween. This is Halloween. That's, We're going to get spooky. Let's start off by talking about my favorite movie, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> and uh, we'll just go ahead <laughs> and Is restart. that really your favorite? No, it's not my favorite. <laughs> fucking guy. Do I look like a... Damn, do Joel, I, like I a love how you, you take every uh, joke sincere, but like... <laughs> I do. I like really taking do. it there. It's great, though. I love that you ask genuinely. <laughs> really? That's your favorite movie? Really? No, 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 no. We have a... Uh, I'll play a along into your uh, jokes, friends. <laughs> yeah, you really do. You gullible, Imp- you gullible son of a bitch. Um, but yes, we're about to get we're about to get spooky with you and share a little bit of our cute thunder favorite... noises and screams. Yes, and share a little bit of our favorite horror films for ah! October. Spooktober, as I like to call it. Spooktober sounds mildly racist, but I'm into it. All right, let's get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah. Let's uh, go ahead and start getting into some of these films. I was gonna say, let's. I feel like a lot of. Uh, people usually go for the films list that they want to get into um we definitely are going to get into a lot of horror films through the out this month but i would say let's start off by getting into some of some soundtracks or music inspired by halloween because that's a little a little different definitely um let's do it well i know we were sharing a lot of tracks with each other earlier in the weekend yeah uh, some of the stuff that i enjoy the most of course is like the old sort of italian funk from the horror films because for one it's really weird that they would add such like a boogie sort of feeling to a lot of these like cannibal holocaust and slasher films and stuff because they're they're really fun and and they jive really well but yeah i just don't i mean in the context of the film itself it's really strange well like Um, if you watch uh... but also very uh very visceral because then it also makes you feel that you know, this is like not a fun thing, obviously, that's yeah. going on. And it makes it even creepier that that is the notion you would think is from <laughs> that the music's going director. On. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you watch like, intense. if you watch Cannibal Pharaoh, uh, uh, the like more funk boogie scenes, I mean, music kind of takes place like when they're in like the city still, too. So, like, I feel like that oh, soundtrack okay. really flows well because it starts off like super. Bo- like, I remember first hearing that uh, Cannibal Pharaoh soundtrack and being like damn this is like like you were saying they're like surprisingly like there's a lot of funk in that from this like exploitation film where people are getting chopped up pretty exactly but it just it works it really does and like even with the slasher films i feel maybe not with cannibal uh pharaoh so much but like with the giallo slasher films like that it's used so much in the entire like the whole soundtrack is kind of bent on that but it depends because, like, if you have like a a Neil Morricone doing the soundtrack, right? He's mm-hmm. going to make it a little creepier, uh, a little more sadistic, and he plays a lot with like chimes and bells and yeah. you know very treacly kind of instruments or something. But for the a lot of the other films, it's just straight funk. Uh, so it's like it's a, just a party because yeah, like cause I, I love like... it because like the slasher films. You know, everybody's in on the joke that, like, 
you as the audience are playing the killer, right? Yeah. So it makes it fun when you have this aspect of unreality in it, which is this music that is lively and jovial, but you're fucking hacking someone to death. <laughs> and I feel like all the characters like like exude that in like those especially in those Italian films, they're all like dressed like super schnazzy and like the tone other than people getting murdered of all those uh like giallo films are usually like people living cool lifestyles and stuff. Especially right? like what's that uh very art deco. Yeah, like what's that film let me borrow? Uh something and, um, something with also the bird. Like t- Go ahead. What was that? What was that film you let me borrow? Um it was, one of those, uh, it was a slasher film. Bar- it There's birds with the crystal plumage. That's the one. There's... That's the one. That's the one. Okay. That's the one I'm thinking one. That one is for sure very Art Deco-y. Yes, and everybody's very fashionista. Yeah. They're all kind of like it's Italian. Italians uh, are fashionistas. They really are. Milan is style. the fashion capital of the world, which I did not yeah. know. So I mean, no, you know. we'll see how we'll see if that's true uh, <laughs> in November. Um, but. I love that aspect of it because aesthetically Italian horror films are so much more pleasing to the eye than like American horror films are Mm -hmm. or like other countries horror films because they play with color a lot. They uh, play with sound a lot. It's all very mystifying and very vibrant, but also the killing in it is very fun. Like the blood looks like puffy (laughs) sort of melted cherries or some shit, you know, like it's, it's very all fun. thick consistency. Yeah. Well, they don't have the budget to get realistic blood, so they're just. <laughs> it, but it only adds that character to it. Totally, it totally adds that character. Yeah. It feels very theatrical in that sense because everybody also acts very exaggerated, and mm-hmm. you know, it's close-ups on women's faces as they scream, and then a close-up of a leather-bound hand with a dagger just stabbing down. It's like. Very Hitchcockian in that sense, you know, but also just, yeah, again, very theatrical and fun. So I think everybody should check out the Giallo films. Definitely. Totes. As far Uh, as soundtracks go, I think I'm more into like 80s horror movie because that's more what I grew up with. That was usually what was like replaying on TV. So I'm very into like heavy synth soundtracks or especially like the Dawn of the Dead one that I had sent you guys. Mm -hmm. Or no, Day of the Dead. It's actually the Day of the Dead soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Just how it plays with different sounds. Again, it's not so much funk or boogie, but definitely like synth and playing with more orchestra, but not mm-hmm. in the typical where it sounds like generic Halloween music. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. What it is it about synth? It just the has synth? that heavy tone. Yeah, it's like, real, what like... is it about that that's so intriguing? It's a versatile. Like, it's so uh, versatile, I yeah, think. And the way like sure. Enyo... You know, used it in the thing is to like sort of mimic the heartbeat of mm-hmm. yeah. the the characters and then what i've noticed in that soundtrack for the thing is that the it's an irregular heartbeat so it's almost mm-hmm. supposed to like go along with the fact that it's mimicking a human but it's also not prop like it's not actually doing it correctly that's cool I like so that. they just it adds this other layer to the music and the story and it it just blends so well, and that's what I'm always into like, as far as soundtracks go. Like When somebody has some creative intent, it's not just about, oh, I want it to sound scary. It's like, how do I actually work with the story and the visuals? Mm. Because that's ultimately what a soundtrack should be. It should work with the content that's going on screen. Other, yeah. yeah, it's an amalgamation of all those elements to put together. So and, I feel yeah. like 80s movies, at least Carpenter films, really tried to to pick up on that in the same way that like the Halloween soundtrack is never climaxes so that it always gives you this uneasy suspenseful feeling, Def, which is why know, it's so I defining. Think, I think that's what it is that you said, like it never climaxes. And I think that's what the synth really pulls me into is the idea that it just, it's this reverberating sort of sound throughout the film that gives it a very characteristic quality. Cause like, uh, with Video Drum, for instance, that came out in the 80s as well. And I feel like all those horror movies in the 80s really used that synth to develop a sort of... Like, it's a character within the film its on own. its own. Yes, exactly. So it's like, it you can definitely suss out its emotion, its kind of lineage, its history, just through the film and how it interacts with the characters I as well. Like, I feel like sound is always, no matter what film, is just a, a heavy character in itself, too, no matter what. Especially in horror films, too, because totally. it builds that. Like, if you watch a, a horror film with no sound, like, it's just going to be, like, 
part of the like jumps Boring. and sound are, are what really get you and uh like jumps and noise are really what mm-hmm. tie you in and i think like in the 80s there was a huge renaissance of like electronic sounding music that i think it, they really learned how to master it in 80s horror films especially with definitely the and i love the like experimentation with that as well because like for instance you get a film like mother who which just came out recently and like we talked about recently was it's the absence of sound in that film Mm -hmm. that makes it more terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's like the idea that complete silence makes it, makes everything that much more hair triggering and just, uh, it induces this sort of psychosis that each sound might be a, a, another mystery that needs to be solved. So I need to go to that source, but you instead unravel yourself more in this fucking terrible, terrible plot. Yeah. And see, that's what I like. It's like with the intent. That's always my thing. Like as long as you, however you use you sound or don't use sound, do it on purpose. And that's what mm-hmm. I think often is omitted, especially like in the 90s and the early 2000s where I feel like there was a creative rut for horror and horror soundtracks because they were just kind of like, oh, Generic, this sounds scary. Let's yeah. slap it on. Just ominous, like spooky sound. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it, there's nothing from that era that really like sticks out, which is why I feel like all the picks we have are like 70s, 80s, and then maybe more, more modern, more because modern, it yeah. became like important again. It was another character to like work on. Yeah, and uh, just like going That's back very to, true, I think. to someone to a more modern one, and kind of what we were talking about in our last episode is the soundtrack to Beyond the Black Rainbow, and that one for sure, it like the soundtrack was made for that film. You know, like the opening song is Forever Dilating Eyes, and that intro scene with like the close-up of the eyes dilating like it works mm-hmm. so perfectly exactly and like or, or even with uh under the skin for instance that mm, plays yeah, heavy that on too. this sort of synth and just kind of like spacey futuristic sound exactly sure. and yeah. i i absolutely love that because yeah you're right it did kind of make a jump because within the 2000s i feel every single horror film had to have the same sort of elements to induce the sort of jump scare in a mm-hmm. person so that it wasn't so much about um the film anymore as it was about when you were going to get scared that was right, the whole point right. of going to these movies yeah. is that you want it's like a roller coaster like we've talked yeah, about yeah. before you wait to get scared you take this incline in the film you climax and then you just dive down and then that's it like you don't learn anything from that yeah. you know except for maybe uh, this sort of cathartic release of not dying for real. But um, <laughs> other than that, it doesn't make you think. And I think that's with horror, the element of horror itself is so important in our lives. You know, um, I think we need a sense of fear in order to make us motivated to do things or mm-hmm. make us motivated to create in a way. But sure. we can also use horror to, with like a like a David Cronenberg, for instance, to tell the stories of like th- how horrifying it can be to be intimate with a person and how that can be embodied within a physical representation, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just all the all of these elements that are just beautifully put together in a horror film. That and I think that's why we like it so much. So let's uh now that we kind of touched on the music, let's start getting into some of uh this these uh films on our list here because we got a big hefty list for the month of october and, <laughs> definitely uh, we kind of just wanted to jump into some um so you started off what's what's the first one the one that, that the, the first one well just because i watched it last night um well fell asleep to watching it is the canal uh, oh do you sick. remember the canal that's one I, uh, I really enjoy too i don't know if we should really give away too much of the plot but it involves a murder um adultery some spooky occult ghost murder type shit mm-hmm. and uh a lot of cool colors throughout that whole film for sure definitely reminiscent of the italian giallo sort of scene that and is like a bit, yeah this sort of dualism with identity because mm-hmm. that's kind of like where giallo has those themes as well of like of usually but usually in giallo it's reverse identities like the men kind of act more feministic while yes. the women ask, act more masculine. And in this in this film, it kind of does the same because mm-hmm. uh, I just love that it's the man who's like spiraling in his own psychosis. Yeah. And 
He's just he yeah, he just fucking just, he just goes off goes the deep down, end, yeah. goes off the rails. Self sabotage self sabotage for sure. It's a self sabotage film in many ways yes. too. Um and I enjoyed it too. I really, really enjoy that film too. It's one of the films that I can always watch back and be like, Oh, like this is sick. Like I'm still and talking like, about use of sound. What a great use of sound that film yeah. has because when he's going I remember, through that, uh, first uh, haunting the specific scene when he's in the bathroom for yeah, the first time. Yes, yes, yeah. That's exactly the one I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a, gr- a great uh, technique of like, mm-hmm. it's not even that you see who this person is. It's just the vibration and the level of like terror this guy has because this person is like trying to peer over a bathroom door. Oh, <laughs> it's it's riveting. <laughs> riveting. Yes. That's a great way to put it. It's a good use of it. That's not a good yes, film to fall asleep to watching, but it was it was pretty soothing. So, another one that I just recently saw, and actually, I think I Wait, this is actually my uh, the canal also was directed by Ivan Kavanaugh for those. Too. Yeah, for those who want to check it out. Not to be uh, confused with our Kavanaugh. Yeah, who, not to be confused with the oh, Brett, the mighty Brett, who was a uh, just approved. Who was just approved? Yeah, yeah, that's a living horror film. <laughs> Talk uh, about reality bleeding over. Like, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll get into that for sure. Yeah, we, yeah. that'll be for our, our regular episode. So stay tuned on that. But um, another one that I just recently watched uh, with my girlfriend was uh, Texas, the nineteen seventy four Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, it's so uh, what is it's it? so Toby uh, Hopper. It's so silly, but it really yeah. paved a way for like body horror films and like Western uh, culture for sure. I mean, it's so early in the genre where it, yeah, it's, it's still mature, early, yeah. and the only real big horror film would be like a Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. or anything like mm-hmm. Hitchcock makes. I mean, so imagine, to see that, imagine was, seeing it was that film for the mainstream, first time. but kind of smutty and like be horry, but not too into that either. Yeah, no, I'm it made awesome. it feel very like found footage in a way, you know, yeah. just kind of very grotesque. So dirty, I, the way like you know what the I like about that just one? like runs around and shit. Uh, you know what I like about that one? Leatherface is like realistic. Like he's not this big brooding motherfucker that's gonna like just catch you and like break your arms and fuck you. He's like a clumsy. He's like goofy. Mm-hmm. He's like like he has like a mental he's a handicap. Yeah, he's a slob and like he fucking falls on his chainsaw like. <laughs> He's just goofy, and like whereas like the okay, I also do enjoy the Jessica Biel one. I think that's like two thousand. I don't mind that one. It's okay. I don't either. Yeah, but that Leatherface, he's just this like. Well, ever since from then on, they pretty much made Leatherface just this big brooding like. Well, that's the thing. After like the first film, they always make the bad guys into like soup like amazing or they up the ante. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like Michael Myers becomes superhuman. Jason becomes superhuman, or either that. Or they become these like sarcastic, cynical like jokesters, yeah. who are just like playing pranks on these characters that you don't care about. Yeah, and in the same way, like a Freddy Krueger or a Chucky, like devolve into that. Exactly, and that's why all those like l- later two thousands movies don't even compare to their previous ones because the the previous ones were so much better at using this sort of overwhelming sense of dread and fear throughout the film instead of using key points in it to just show you that you know yeah. and like it's it, like the the toby hopper one for texas chainsaw is perfect in using that aesthetic of like of rawness of just kind of a found footage fill of mm-hmm. every uh, exploitation all these elements that are are perfectly synced together for a time of its era, you know, in a time when like so far ahead of dude stride totally like where a lot of people feel safe to let their kids go out for hours upon the day without any sort of notice and just like be back for dinner. And then you get this film that comes out of Texas and it's terrifying. Like these kids on a road trip and they get stranded at the worst place ever. It's very much the end to the free spirit movement in time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In America. Like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, eventually you never know when you're about to to land into. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Come to realities with what you're getting into in that sense. And sort of uh, also that's on our list here that I also really enjoy too is uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That is very much, you can Mm -hmm. say, a direct homage to that film for sure. Definitely. Same kind of elements for sure. Like silly, but still like much more dreadful for sure. When I was a kid and I first saw House of a Thousand Corpses, I I went to go see it with my mom, and I was probably in like fifth grade, 
And at the time, your mom, like, your parents kind of, they don't want you to see all that kind of crazy shit. So she'd, uh, I probably watched like 25% of that movie without, and then the rest was just covered up by my mom's hand. And then the parts that I did yeah, see towards the end, I, I had, we had to walk out because I couldn't take it. And I was like a little kid. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. But, That's uh, crazy, dude. Then, my, I, really I would film. never catch my parents taking me to that ever. Yeah, no. That's it's pretty nice. It's good. It's good memories to be taken to a horror movie, and the person who takes you really has no clue when how intense the film's gonna get. Dude. So I then they no kind of have that moment where it's like, shit, should I have brought you here? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Jessica Biel one, and I know it's not that great now, but when I saw that as a kid, I remember sweating in the theater because of how That's fucking good. scared I, like I was. It. I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, so. That kind of. Uh, makes me think of the first time I was like really in tune into a horror film at, in a theater. And uh, another one on this list is quarantine, mm, which yeah. um, God damn. The first time I saw that film was with all of you. Actually, it was like eight of us in the theater. The theater was completely packed. I remember. That was and great. talk about one of the most engaging horror films ever. Like, mm -hmm. It straight up feel felt like a video game. Yeah, felt like you were immersed in the movie that you you could act out the character. I don't know something about it just felt like so cool and and the fact felt that authentic, real authentic. Like these people, these people's fears seemed like believable to me, and it made me much more scared too. Definitely, because when we got like the beginning of the film really sets you up for just like. Oh, it's going to be this happy, sort of carefree, sort of mockumentary. And then you kind of forget even, because I remember catching myself watching the movie with everyone and being like, mm -hmm. oh, shit, this is going to be, this is going to get really intense. Yeah. Like, I don't, I wasn't expecting <laughs> what, what happens. And sure enough, of course, it just goes straight to shit the minute they go to the house and it becomes this sort of terrifying chamber drama. Yeah. Uh, he really loves that, like, chamber drama for sure, too, because that, uh, John Eric Dowd, he also wrote As Above, So Below. Have you seen that film? Oh, interesting. No, I haven't. And that's very much a labyrinth. It's put it on Netflix, like, I think. It's, a, it's good. It's kind of, it's kind of silly, like, it gets a little eh, but I like the characters in it, and I like the whole concept. They go, it's basically a film where uh. these people go and explore the catacombs of, see, okay, so see what I, what I like about this film is it's more of, like, an adventure film, because the main, the main protagonist is this woman trying to study like the mysteries of alchemy because mm -hmm. her father was a huge like alchemy like he studied a lot of uh he studied the ways of, of alchemy too so and he got like lost in the tomb and it's her like trying to go find like basically the secrets of of alchemy and it's just her going through uh the catacombs and it's cool interesting hmm. they it's filmed it in the actual fun. catacombs right i think so they, they had to some of them yeah it's like supposed That's to be scary a, yeah. but it's more like it's like a spooky indiana jones that's the best way i can describe it <laughs> So it does, it, Key word. does it play out? I mean, not this. I don't think it would play out the same. But does it play out in in the same aesthetic of like they're trapped in this one specific area and then yeah. they just go deeper and deeper into yeah. it, kind of deal? Yeah, because they go in one way and then they they find whatever this artifact they're doing they need, and then it shifts the catacombs, and they have to go to this other way that hasn't been explored. Blah blah blah, and uh, yeah, they just end up trapped and going deeper and deeper into this labyrinth. So he definitely has a thing for like tight corridors and like this claustrophobia yeah, and claustrophobia. sense of being stuck. Well, he also wrote. He also directed Devil too. So you can uh, see. Oh, that makes sense. Sam, he he definitely playing very, on the claustrophobia. <laughs> he must have been trapped. This guy has a fetish a for being trapped. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I hope I get trapped. He really oh. does. He really does. But uh, uh, Jesus, that's, that's, that's hilarious. A, I think another. Yeah, oh, that's why quarantine. The ending to it, which it I won't spoil, is so great. Like yeah. I. I love that we had to go through this whole ordeal and all of a sudden it's just the last, you know, two remaining people who you're hoping are just going to make it out of this bloodbath. And see, I yeah, love the, the ending guy, is just see, so beautiful. Another thing that I noticed is he likes to make like lore around his like films because remember when she does go and explore that, that last yes, floor, there's exactly. like that weird cultish like Cthulhu worshiper shit on the yeah, wall. That intrigued me so I much. I wanted them that. to make a sequel about that. Or like that guy, like his whole plan was to bring back the dead and like basically well, awaken Cthulhu. That was super cool. So the original uh, did that play on that? Is, is called Wreck, right? Yeah. And that's yes. what, and the English version became Quarantine. Um, they did make a Wreck too, 
which I did see, and it does kind of delve a little deeper into what those elements were at the end, which I wish they just made into another English translation. Like, mine is yeah. fucking well. But uh, uh, at the same time, I'm also like, I have my But own. then again, I was fine with it. Yeah, it's good it, as it is. Because then it, I can just think of my own storyline. It's better to not exactly. explain it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But are open ended because once you start exploring lore, you start to demystify the mythical yes. creature or the the thing exactly. that it just doesn't. It's not scary when you know more about it. Yeah. Yes. But exactly. Yeah. For sure. That's how I felt about. Um. I don't know if you guys. I know Caesar. You've seen it. Is the ritual on Netflix? The Netflix original film. Mm-hmm. When they when you find out what's been chasing them and what the like creature or whatever it is actually is, that's when I was like, all right. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, I'll give it points because of what the monster actually looked like. Even mm-hmm. though it wasn't scary, it was. It seemed like very well designed and based on like. Well, Caesar, you made a good point, folklore. isn't it? You said that it's like how they interpret it, right? Like, I remember you made like an interesting, uh, like theory on it because the guy sees his wife when the creature comes up to him. Remember? Uh huh. And didn't you say? Well, like, it's it, supposed to like represent because it's a god, right? So it's supposed yeah. to represent yeah. these these kind of fears with that these each individuals have and mm-hmm. of course that guy kind of fears his wife because right, 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 right. she hold she like is very strict on him and he mm-hmm. can't do certain things without her and shit and then what do you know she shows up at the end and i i kind of thought that scene was actually really terrifying because that, that yeah i enjoyed because you just see these hands grasp his face and he thinks it's his wife and all of a sudden he like it's this terrifying looking bullish sort yeah. of antelope, it's like antlers, human horn. creature. I don't know. See, but even trying to <laughs> explain what it is takes the whole mystification exactly, away, like you're yeah. saying. Because, mm-hmm. like, it just makes it less than what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the golden principle of horror. It's like less is more. Right. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Because I, whatever you imagine will always be scarier than what you're going to be shown. Always, dude. Always. And a perfect example of that to me is Sinister. When you see the the ghoul in Sinister, I was like, man, that's not that scary. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that exactly. scared anymore. Like my favorite example of that one is the paranormal activities because you see it one by one movie just slowly breaking down and just it's like mm-hmm. let me explain to you in six movies how not scary this is yeah first it's a cult <laughs> although and it's really... actually a family then it's a witch cult and although... then here's the monster and the monster is just this gooey black thing although and it's i do like, this is fucking lame although i do like the marked ones i will say that's a good that's a paranormal activity i enjoy to watch because I, I never I saw that i just one. love the end i bailed on on that franchise just, just i think i saw the, the last one the one that the, explained uh, everything and showed you the monster just look up the last scene and the dark ones or the marked ones and you'll you'll thank me later that's a good <laughs> all right well back to the list um <laughs> well, what i, I want to point out is uh yes, Shaun of the on. dead because i think Shaun it's a master class yes. of filmmaking and it plays totally on this homage but not super heavy homage where it's at today where it just feels like references for the sake of references and easter eggs for the sake of it yeah but from but an actual love letter by a person a mm-hmm. cinephile who is also a fantastic filmmaker and a it's crazy letter. how layered the film is and yet if you don't really re-watch it you'll never really know it's yeah. like i watched that movie at least once a year and for like 10 years i kept finding little things in the background or things in the film that only layer the Definitely. movie and i just i like, love that because it doesn't throw it in your face mm-hmm. it's almost like if you see it you see it and if you don't that's fine too because the movie's still good yeah and i love that it plays on the emotion of like it's funny when it wants to be funny but then in the last 15 20 minutes it gets so fucking hardcore and it is no longer a joke and that's a it's a hard line to dabble because if you try to be funny sometimes you fail and then you know, there's a bunch of filmmakers that try to make something scary, and then it's just stupid, and it's unintentionally funny. That film and it's was, great because. Go oh, on. I was just gonna say that was that movie was definitely a definitive part of our friendship. I think, like, I feel oh, yeah. like you made people watch that in order to be. <laughs> if in you don't this think group this movie is friends, good, you're not gonna be. You're out. Friend. <laughs> yeah, at I'm one point, I think me club. and John and Steven were quoting this as like Non-stop. our main stop. Non-stop, nonstop main form of communication but i really love it because this does something that a lot of films especially horror films just tend to omit which is 
you're more invested in a film if you like the characters. And if it's a horror movie, you're more you're even it, that's doubled because yeah. you don't want these characters to die. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie did so well. Every character is somebody that you get to know and you kind of like even the most annoying ones are still pretty entertaining. And so when they get killed off, they're all like, oh, fuck, no. And that's what a lot of like slash films in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s lost this art where it's just like we're going to give you the most stupid, annoying fucking characters so that you can watch them kill, get killed off brutally. And it's fun every so often. But when you do it all the time, it's just boring. You don't care. You're not rooting for the characters. You want them to die because they're acting like idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah, and for sure. The, I mean, like, the antithesis the... of what horror is. You, don't, you shouldn't want the people to die. You should yeah. want them to like... I mean, try like, and make it a, and still fail. A perfect example of like wanting these characters to die that I remember really used that, especially throughout the '90s, was the Final Destination films. Like they're all like centered around high. Actually, all most slasher films in the '90s centered around like annoying high school kids. Like one exactly, of them, like, definitely. Like, slutty and that's why they're so forgettable because yeah. there's nothing. You know who's gonna make it at the end, and you know that the other seven characters are gonna fucking die. You know which yeah. one? I, you know which one? I, although I do, that's my guilty pleasure. That is also kind of really stupid though, but. Thought it was scary. Have you guys seen House on Haunted Hill, the like remake version with <laughs> Tay Diggs? The nineties one? Yeah, the nineties one. Yeah. I remember as a kid that movie that scared one. the fuck out of me. But I rewatched it and I was like, This is this is stupid as hell. <laughs> yeah. That's de- it's funny to watch a movie as a kid. I saw that in theaters and I was fucking again sweating in fear, like, oh God. I mean as a kid in, in the nineties that is pretty scary, like that was the first time I ever saw somebody like like getting mutilated and like being like operated on while they're still awake. So as a kid, it's pretty jarring. I never wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah, I think I closed my eyes for most of that movie because I was just getting too freaked out. But then you rewatch it, and I'm like, wow, this, that was scared of this movie. Yeah, that's how I felt with Chucky and Leprechaun. <laughs> I was yeah, like, oh my kid, god, I this was is scary. Of Leprechaun and Freddy. Oh, same dude. Leprechaun. Leprechaun, like, um, the child play was terrifying as fuck. And then I watched it again. It's like, punt this guy. Punt him. Yeah, just kick him in the head. No, dude, he's got a he's got a pogo stick with the knife on it. Have you ever seen <laughs> such power, dude? He will, not, he will take you He down. kills you with a ruler. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, else, Shaun dude? of the Dead. It's a master class of filmmaking. And rewatch it because it's probably a lot better than you remember. What are, What's another one you got? for our listeners to check out. Well, you know I'm going to talk about my boy, John Carpenter. Well, of course. Yeah, speak on it, brother. Uh, <laughs> so I rewatched The Thing and Halloween. Both uh-huh. great. I love Halloween. It's really great because uh, Summer, my girlfriend, hadn't watched it before. And I was like, let's watch it. And she didn't know who it was. And she's like, oh, Michael Myers. Like, I think I know who it is. So I was like, here, let me put a trailer on and see what you think of it. Yeah. And she saw it and was like, this looks fucking boring. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, well, let's just put it on. And if you don't like it, we'll turn it off. She got fucking scared by the end Bitch. of it. She was like, no, I'm just, kidding. just spasming in fear. And it was it was funny because they're not pop-ups. But yeah. he kind of slowly creeps up into the frame. And it's really funny because he's just like this big, tall, awkward-looking guy in the shadows with like a white mask. And he's just like, I'm here. <laughs> and yet she was jolting up. And it's like, see, that's great because... These movies often, for a lot of people who aren't into horror movies, think they're boring. Mm-hmm. But once you actually give them an honest shot, they're really great and they hold up. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. That's why those older films are play so well with the horror themes and the elements in general. Because after a while, they just sort of fucking became just a caricature of itself. And like you were saying, you knew exactly who was going to die, who was going to make it. The villain was always the same, so they t- it took the the real art and sort of rea- reality out of horror films just to make it so that people maybe just to make people feel comfortable. I don't know because in a sense that does that is very cathartic to know that you're watching something that looks so believably fake that you can remove and detach yourself from it in any sort of way that makes it makes the elements of what horror is seem completely um like disproportionate to your own beliefs i guess or just unreal in a sense and that's why like a lot of this list actually comes from films that have recently came out within the last maybe decade or so or i would say even five years because these they've i feel like horror has been now starting to really delve into this element of um of like horror as art 
And there's ways you can do that. I mean, we've talked about similar films with The Witch and fucking mm, Hereditary and, um, you know, everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, the great thing about the, the thing is also I was watching it again and I realized, like, it's a great ensemble film. Like, all those actors are bringing in their A-game. And, like, to have that kind of chemistry on screen is really hard. And, again, there's a movie that makes you care about each individual character and gives you just enough about them so that you know who or kind of what they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And then kills them off slowly. And then you're kind of like, fuck, that person died? Oh, that person died? Oh, he exactly. was a thing? So that's it. Again, like, even as tired as genres may get, good characters never get boring. And that's why yes. I like a film like I put on Train to Busan. I'm tired of zombie movies, but I love that one because you actually like the characters and each one you want to root for them and you want them to actually like make it out. You know, I've actually never seen Train to Busan. Is that still on Netflix? It, it, it is, is, and I, I recommend it. It's like the only good zombie movie I've seen in the last like 10 years. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no joke. I mean, speaking on uh, the thing and stuff and the elements that that brought to the table with the ensemble i think that's why the void was so good as well when it came out because it has a lot of elements of the thing in mm-hmm. it and just it this, does yeah either like body horror using practical effects you know having a big uh cast to work with that are all equally like fucking shitty characters but also like really worth uh, your interest and stuff, and the the film just plays so well with all of those elements. It's it's a fucking crazy nightmarish film for sure. It's not lighthearted at all. <laughs> Very like uh, Lovecraftian too, because oh, it's of all of Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah, like digging under the surface to get to this big ass black pyramid. I don't know, but <laughs> that movie's badass, dude. I really love it. it. Is, I I need to watch it again because yeah. that uh. That one's a great one, and it definitely reminded me. It has so much of a thing influence as well, mm-hmm. uh, as exactly. far as the yeah. monster and the creature. And I love that. That was such a good, like, straight up send up to like '80s horror, but not, not in the way that Stranger Things does it, where yeah, it, it just steals blatantly, uh-huh. just rips off and yep. claims it its own. But more so, it's like. I don't know. It just there's a different type of homage, and then just ripping off. Yeah. Totally. I think, you know yeah. I mean, the uh, void did it correctly. Yes, I think Stanley Kubrick says it well when he says like, "Good artists borrow, bad artists steal." You know, <laughs> and I think yeah. that's exactly what it was with Stranger Things. It's just like it's nostalgia porn for those who live <laughs> during that time and are like, "Oh my god, I fucking love this movie." Oh, oh my god, you remember Ninja, Ninja Turtles? I like Ninja Turtles, I Ghostbusters. Oh, I love Ghostbusters. Mama. And like <laughs> Jesus, it just it. That's why I don't. <laughs> I get why people see Stranger Things as something that's good, but then I'm also like, that's not what I look at. <laughs> that's not what I look for to being the new sort of scene of horror. I mean, you you know? be it's just like you do it. it's okay to borrow from other elements, especially old film, but you gotta you gotta come yeah. correct, and you can't just blat- like you say blatantly show you like, remember this? Like this is kind of yes, like that storyline. Just so like, it's so fucking is, dumb. Like, like I think that was kind of nerdy kinda, as yeah. fuck. I think uh, a film it, that was pretty original that borrowed like those old school '70s elements was. Uh, have you guys seen House of the Devil? Yeah, definitely. That movie's awesome. Yes, and it feels That's like not Ty West is it? It is. No, yeah, it's it not. is Ty West. It feels like oh, you're watching a film from the '70s. Like he did such a perfect job of like, because you're really only just following one character throughout the whole film. The character, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Laurie Sh- uh, Schroeder, the Jamie Lee's Curtis's character from um, the Hall, the first Halloween. Yeah. In that sense, that she's just in a bad situation, but a but a well done young act or young female character. Yeah, the the pacing in that film is a little like it's so slow too. But what, the payoff in it is, it's so good. Uh, let's see, what else do we have on this list? We have Get Out, which I've been reading oh, to yeah. rewatch. You know so, um, damn, what a like it wasn't necessarily a sleeper hit, but because I think you know when you if if you've seen. Jordan Peele's Jordan Peele and Keegan uh, Michael Keel's show uh, Keen Pill, you'll get a sense of where their humor comes from because it is very dark, it is very satirical, and I think Jordan Peele also brought a lot of sort of 
horror elements to that show, Key and Peele, especially dealing with race. Mm-hmm. But yeah. god damn, Get Out was just like on a completely different level. And it was so refreshing to see someone take an aspect that is so horrifying as racism. And not only racism, but like white liberal racism. The kind that will smile at you in front of your face and then sadistically plan to uh, <laughs> fucking transfer your brain to another person in the background, you know? Like... I mean, That's it definitely has one of, of the best lines, too. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, if I could have voted for Obama a third time, which is yeah. such a perfect it's, line that, like, if I could have voted for Obama a third time, I would have done it. And it's like, it that is the synthesizes, It synthesizes all of these sort of um, elements that are present within our current society in terms of how we deal with race and how we see everything as post-racial because of Obama and then just flips it, completely flips it, and tries to reimagine it in a sense that like opens your eyes to these microaggressions, these micro sort of uh, elements that these that these characters in the film use in order to trap, you know, what's his name, John Bodega, I think his name or something, John Boyega. Uh, that's not John. No, Boyega. that's the, that's the <laughs> guy from Force Awakens. That's the guy. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> what That's is damn God. Daniel uh, Kuya? Oh, there. <laughs> John Boyega. Wow. Dude, wow. Was, was oh, it's almost a little racist, dude. So you went on this whole racist. good little spiel, and then you just can't you even Boyega, remember his John name. Boyega. There's other actors, dude. <laughs> the Star Wars dude. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! I'm so sorry. He is actually in a good horror movie, Attack the Block, by the way. Oh yeah, it's horror. He was supposed to play Mike Tyson. That that would have been. Dope. He could have been a great Mike Tyson, for sure. Oh shit! Well, I mean, that's off topic, but that sounds really good. And I don't know why that movie isn't happening. The point. <laughs> the point is Daniel. Daniel. Okay, I remember his name now. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> From Get <Yeah>. Out. <laughs> Blackberry. Very great character, and I think everything about the narrative that was in Get Out just played out perfectly, and even had fucking white people cheering for their own sort of compatriots on film to die, which was great. Get him. It really shit on the That's libtards. A- Am I right, guys? Yeah, it really shit on them. Took a big <laughs> dump. Well, we have a lot of films we're going to be getting into this month, too, and it's good that we're in spooky season because it's definitely oh, my, yeah. my favorite time for film watching, too. And it's more of an excuse. Like, I always want to watch horror films year-round but this time i'm like okay now yeah i have a full on i have an excuse, excuse that nobody's gonna judge me yeah exactly like i can you just want to cuddle watch. up and uh you know yeah tell me more what to describe your horror night dude what else am i gonna do what else am <laughs> i gonna do in this cuddle night? up and uh you know Maybe <laughs> he just left on. it at that. Yeah, that's, she's just gonna be very open ended. I mean, no, you're gonna you're gonna cuddle up next to you, next to the fire. You know, turn on a little horror film, watch a little guts spill out. Uh, maybe Ooh. wrap yourself in a blanket. Um, have a bowl next to you. You must have a bowl next to you. A bowl. Also a uh, bowl of ramen. Don't forget that. And then uh, you want a beer, preferably an IPA. Uh, and then after that, I think you should be good. That doesn't Ooh. sound good. That doesn't sound entertaining at all. IPA and ramen sound kind of gross together. <laughs> it sounds a little heavy, <laughs> too. Sounds a little heavy, although the ramen sounds bomb. Yeah. Ramen's the awesome. ramen is always good, no matter what. I might go get some later. Shit. Shit. Shitty boy. You're a shitty boy. So what's another one we're going to get into? You're next. I really. I, that's a film I can always watch. That's more of a thriller, uh, but a badass thriller at that. I always thought that was Ty West, actually. I didn't know it was a different guy. Yeah, it's Adam. Well, they all come from that VHS school, too, you know? So, like, both those directors. He's definitely leading the renaissance of, like, straight-to-video good horror movies. Yeah. Totally. What would you kind of consider that? I mean, I know you kind of said straight-to-video. I I don't know if that's a genre, per se, in itself. Well, your next was in theaters. So what? Really? Oh, but yeah. I mean, like films like *Your Next*, *The Sacrament*, and *House of the Devil* all have same aesthetics to them, and I'm just like, what do you kind of think that? Oh, like, do you? Th- I mean, those are all. I feel those are all 
vastly different. They're all different. Yeah, I wouldn't say the same I aesthetics. It, I feel like they one's a satanic one. They're one's very a, similar in their style. You think so? I feel like I think they're. Pretty, I, think so. I think they're films that borrow heavily and acknowledge the past of horror filmmaking, especially the seven late seventies, eighties, and sort of take sort of take that aesthetic and then modernize it and try to like play on genre tropes. Well, I like that. I mean, the sacrament they play they played on a reality trope, which is J- uh, Jim Jones, and they basically just made a Jim Jones film. That's pretty yeah, that's fucking true. original and cool, and I like that they used Vice as like the the people going over to the to Panama or wherever it was. That one's, a, I mean, I don't know what they the, should have had Gavin McGinnis do that. They really should have for real. <laughs> you actually started shooting people on accident. They, I wish, dude. I wish people would get shot like you. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I I don't know something about them just remind me of each other. I don't know I mean, if it's I, because they yeah. all came from that same, like you said, VHS kind of school of film. But you know, by VHS, um, I mean the the film VHS. You know that. Right? Oh yes, I, I, mean, like, I know she, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. no, I, I knew that. But what like, I mean, something about them just kind of shares similarities with well, them. Like, there's a film right there that isn't on the list that's also really a great horror anthology. Uh, VHS one and VHS, two, not three, yeah. not, not three. viral. That one was trash. Even I mean, there's only some in VHS two that are good as well. Which, yeah. um, what was it? Something Sanctuary, Haven Sanctuary. Yeah, but that one's so good that it carries the movie. That's like a film. It, in itself. It's worth it. I love that. I mean, they're all film with films within themselves, but that totally. One... But that one, Jesus Christ! <laughs> what else was so in that good. one? Um, the Alien. There's Alien. There was there's the... an Alien story in that. That one's kind of lame. But yeah. is that the one with the GoPro and the zombies? The GoPro and the zombies. I thought uh, it was like a bike rider. One. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's viral. No, no that's oh, no, with the, bi- the, with the bike one. with the bike it's... rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. It's like a good little entertainment. It's nothing too great, but it's fun to watch. Uh, which one's the one with the dick monsters? The dick. Or like the dick world. <laughs> they, they go to like another what? dimension in his garage and like. The monster. That is the second one. That's the that second is the one? second one. Yeah, Wait, that... what are you talking about? He goes to an alternate universe. He builds like a a bridge to his parallel universe, but in that one, it's like Nazi demon worshippers or some shit but like their, that. Their dicks have, they have like teeth on dick monsters. <laughs> they like lower their pants and they're doing this orgy, but instead of like a dick, they have like just this mawing mouth of teeth. Yeah. Interesting. You don't remember dick that one? monsters. I don't remember that at all. I, I need to watch that again. Wow, so a, note to self, if you ever go to an alternate universe of yours uh, and you see a dick monsters for sure. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is also that one with the guy who has like the fucked up eye or something, right? And he gets like a thing installed. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that right. one was good too. What's the yeah, other? I had one right now. I just, bl- I just totally blanked. Oh no! It's in the v- first VHS where they go and pick up that girl, who ends up being that like succubus. That one's oh, good. That I love one that honestly one. set the tone for sure with that because like that's the first clip it's of the so first well one. Done. That one used to scare me. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Well exactly. was intense. And even that the ending is just house, uncomfortable. The haunted house one is really good too. Yeah, the haunted house one is really good. That one's great. That was great because I, I felt like that's that something we could have. Into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that could have been our night out and i think that just made it scarier it's like oh no i'm relating a little <laughs> too much to this um another one i put up here which i think y'all should check out and i, I don't know if you've all seen it but it's on shutter uh it's called mayhem and it's by this guy named joe lynch and it mm-hmm. stars steven yuen uh famous for walking dead glenn Ooh. um but it's really really cool it just plays on like that sort of uh viral sort of movie like viral infection you know not necessarily zombie but more 28 days later rabid sort of uh person and it's just about steven yuen basically uh going on a rampage and killing his co-workers and killing his boss eventually wow. it's, it's awesome oh god damn he's actually been i i like that he left uh walking dead at a good time because mm-hmm. He's starting to – people are starting to definitely see his talent, his acting talent. And 
I mean, I've always liked him in I always liked him in Walking Dead. I kept yeah. up with it for the part for the most part. Are you uh, uh, up until he died, basically? Are you? Um, uh, I actually, uh, he's a solid uh, actor, and I'm I'm glad they chose him as Glenn because Glenn could have been a really easy character to miscast, and they they got it right on it. Are you gonna watch uh, Rick's uh, last episodes? Last uh, no. episode isn't that today? <laughs> I think it's his last episode. Not at all. Uh, but. Yeah, he's also coming out in another film called, um, I believe it's called Burning, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Burning. And it's a Korean film uh, by this guy named Lee Chang Dong. This is on a side note, but uh, it apparently came out at Cannes Film Festival and was like, apparently held as being incredibly good. Nice. Steven Yuen was like a new masterclass in acting wow. and a tour de force. So I'm excited for it because it's also... Uh, uh, in Korean, so it'd be nice to see him act in his, you know, sort of native. What's the name of that film? Uh, it's called Burning, just Burning, Burning. straight up. Uh, um, another, uh, we should get it. We should do an uh, episode this month on just Korean horror films because we have The Wailing on here, and Joel, you said Train to Busan. Um, and I also just saw another one, um, uh, Gojium, that came out mm-hmm. either late last year or earlier this year, and, and it was one, one of the big horror films released from. Uh, South Korea. Another one that's not so much horror, but more of a thriller mm. is uh, I Saw the Devil that I really fucking love. Yes, definitely. And if, uh, that we're talking, it's kind of tying this together. Adam Wingard, the guy who did uh, Here Next and is part of the VHS class, he's doing a remake of that, an American version. I don't know how I feel about that, but... Of what? Of I Saw the Devil. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I don't, interesting. I'm not that's excited. That's weird. That because the old boy remake was... Garbage. I just don't understand why people can't just fucking watch the foreign version. Like, right? is it really gonna kill you that much to watch it and just read some subtitles? <laughs> it's a Honestly, thing, though. It, it really, really is. No, a thing. I, I like, know it is, but it's, it's crazy me that people aren't willing to just put up with it and just watch it in the natural way it was supposed to be made. You know? Yeah. Definitely. I tend just, to get like, lost once the uh, American remake comes out. I never saw the American remake of. Um, because they're never that as vampire good. movie. There's like a sweet a German or Swedish vampire movie. Oh, or from Finland. Um, what's it called? Uh, what the uh, what the vampires? It's um, girl, the vampire girl. No, uh, <laughs> let the right one in. <laughs> let the, let right, the one right one in. in. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yes. that one. The Swedish version is so good, but the American it one, is. I never saw it. And like, that's the thing. Like, you don't have to. Once you see the original, there's no point in seeing the remake. Like. It's either gonna suck a point, or it's, it's a shot a by shot remake. It's called a remake. Yeah, and it's just boring. It's just like, well, why did I watch this? Why didn't I just watch the other one and just read the subtitles? I can fucking read. I'm an adult. Yeah. Yes. I You're re envisioning. Yeah. That's that's not cool to do. <laughs> it's just a waste of money most of the time. It's like you yeah. could have just dubbed this movie if you See, really wanted okay, to. Okay, and that's exactly how I feel, which, I mean, we'll probably end up doing an episode on it, but that's why I feel Suspiria with the remake, because I put Suspiria on here, because mm-hmm. the original to me is like, I, I feel very dear to it, you know? And I just, to me, it's like, why even do the remake? You know, the original yeah. is good. Just promote that one, can't we? Can't we just do that now? Month? I think it does come out at the end of the month. Yeah, it comes out. Or it already came out. Uh, but apparently, people are saying it's good, which I I don't doubt because the director obviously did call me by your name. So I mean, I don't doubt that he's not a good director. It's just the the fact that the elements of that story that narrative itself can't just remain as it is it has mm-hmm. to be re-envisioned reinterpreted yeah it actually has a limited release already oh really interesting yes okay is it an Amazon one theater <laughs> well we should definitely see it oh starsborn is out that's another horror for us but oh yeah oh, I'm gonna go i don't that. think i can sit through that one that's a little <laughs> too tough for me that'll be a horror film <laughs> i just won't get another look at you um well we're at an hour boys we've went through a good number of films i think also what we should do as upcoming episodes is just do a style of horror film so the upcoming episode we should do just like a found footage deep dive Um, definitely that's a good idea definitely some italo uh, deep dives some korean horror deep dives and just different genres so this episode we we kind of this episode we kind of wanted to give you where our heads are at in the realm of Spookyville, 
because we're definitely about that life. Spookyville. Yeah, so hope you listeners enjoyed getting a taste of our taste. This is Halloween. This is Third World Bowlers here. <laughs> keep going, dude. Sing it. Oh, nice. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know how to ask to rhyme. So Wow. Well, um, we're going to put some recommendations for you listeners on some of these films and more that we're going to get into. I'm excited for the, the spooky season, boys. I don't know about y'all. It's October, y'all. You guys going to dre- dress uh, October up? October 7th, we got some thunderstorms over here really? uh, recently when I locked myself up in my room and watched Blade. Mm. So Nice. Uh, I suggest y'all do the same and just go lock yourself in a room. Whatever. Shut the blinds and turn on a just turn on a good horror, horror film. film. Yeah, yeah. Just remember, some motherfuckers are always trying to upskate uh, skate uphill. There we go. That was it. <laughs> some motherfuckers Great. are always trying to ice skate uphill. Skate uphill. Great reference. While he dude. kicks a syringe you into got... a vampire's I fucking forehead. I love that, dude. That that's so great. You guys got dope. Wesley and that's Snipes, why I man. named my fucking dog after one of the greatest actors ever, Wesley, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Demolition Man, dude. That's a better one, Wesley Snipes film. Totally. Which one? Totally. Demolition Man. Totally. Oh, yes. With, uh, God, no. Oh, that's a dumb one. But yeah, guys, um, we're going to get into some more horror this this month for sure. We're going to put up a spooky soundtrack next week, hopefully. And Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, dog, we should uh, wrap it up. It's been good talking to you boys about the horror world. Yeah, I'm soon excited we'll be getting the into month. the horrors of our reality. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll definitely get more into that oh, yeah. in our, in our uh, next episode for sure. Personal so stories tuned. of horror. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a good uh, topic, too. For personal some, horror. Personal horror. For some Being sober kidnapped. eight days straight. Ooh. It's scary, y'all. <laughs> It is a scary world. Being at a festival sober, that's... Oh, my God. I felt like I did not belong. I was like, oh, God. That was a really... Leave, dude. <laughs> Being at a comedy oh, show did. sober was not funny. Just kidding. It was funny. But, but yeah, it's a great episode, y'all. We, we think so. We hope you guys think so. We hope you've been enjoying our content. We're going to keep pushing uh, pay. and chugging along. Yeah, pay. Give us yeah, pay us, pay. Subscribe, pay subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> um, since we have zero subscribers on the Patreon, I'm going to make this one an unlocked free episode for y'all to get Boom. a taste. Boom. Boom. So we'll yeah. be uploading this on our Patreon and SoundCloud and uh, iTunes as well. See, with a little note that says subscribe. So please subscribe. Ooh, good. You like Ooh, that, yeah. dude? I'm a marketing whiz. They Ooh, call me tickle out. that, yeah. They call okay. me the whiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't do that at all to you. But, uh, tickle that Patreon button for tickle us. That right? pe- tickle smash that, that subscribe Patreon. button. Just smash play with like. it. Just hit the back walls of our Patreon, please. Please. Hit the back walls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank this you is for where listening. this episode ends. This is exactly. this, And this very moment, <laughs> the episode ended. So thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We will see you later this week and see every you week on after the that. Flippity flap. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. All right, y'all. Peace.